0: Here's Pastor Scott. In Psalm 37, verse 1, listen to what the Bible says. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of of your heart i want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled fret or delight pray with me god thank you for your word god i thank you for the opportunity to be here today god i pray that you would strengthen my mind and my body to say what you'd have me to say god i pray you'd anoint me today to speak to your people god i pray that you would teach us from your word by your spirit lord i i ask you god to allow us to have ears to hear what you have to say to us, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Before we get into the message, y'all know that this is, uh, it, it's so crazy, uh, and I guess we're just all following the Clay County uh, and Duval County School Board lead. I'm guessing Duval's doing the same thing Clay's doing. Uh, if you grew up and you were anywhere near my age, you remember Thanksgiving. Uh, we went to school on Wednesday, because Wednesday's not Thanksgiving, Right. Uh, We took Friday off because we were lazy, right? So that was it. We had Thursday, and we had Friday. I was looking at the school calendar today. The Monday of that week is listed as a planning day. The Friday of that week is listed as a planning day. The Tuesday of that week is listed as a student holiday the Wednesday of that week is listed as a teacher's holiday. All that's code for you got them all week long. They're just on you for a whole week. Uh, and, and people say, well, don't you love having your kids? Listen, I don't mind my kids. My kids are big, strong boys. They just do what they're told. Uh, and they're helpful to be around the house. But what about when they're little? They're, I mean, think about what the, the complication Think about the complication this does to single parents. Well, we like having all week off. Listen, children, you shouldn't get a vote in the school calendar. <laughs> I mean, if we gave kids a vote in the school calendar, 180-day school calendar, uh, you you think they want to go all 180 days or one? Not my not my not my senior in high school sitting back there. He's like zero's good for me. I mail it in. But. We're, we're, we're taking off a whole week for Thanksgiving. I don't even know how we got on that. All, all this fanning and coat wearing in here is just just, just dri- driving me wild. Uh, hey, do what you got to do. You, you, you have my hot flashes, mama? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not mad about it. I, I already went through the change, so I'm good. <laughs> Changed all I'm going to. I hope to change in Christ every day, and you, get, you can get your change too, but typically this week is, our, is, is Veterans Day. Oh, that's where Thanksgiving came. We're stretching out holidays into weeks now. Veterans what? Day. Well, it's Veterans Day weekend now uh, because Veterans Day is tomorrow, but Veterans Day sales are today. And, and veterans all, all across the country are trying to scurry to see which pancake joint is going to give them 3% off on pancakes today. But uh, so all across our country and in other countries, especially uh, countries that were allies of World War I, and you can study the history on Armistice Day and how it became Veterans Day if you want to, but uh, this is a day where our nation sets aside tomorrow is where we pay tribute to the men and women of America who protected our freedom and fought for our freedom by serving in the armed forces. Some of these people uh, are called soldiers, sailors, Marines, Coasties, Airmen. Uh, Having personally served in the Army, I I kid around a lot, especially with the Navy guys, because Jacksonville's a Navy town, and I mess with them a lot about uh, the Army being the biggest and the oldest and and the best. But without a doubt, uh, and, and if you know me at all, you know deep in my heart uh, I'm an extremely patriotic person, and I believe that all branches uh, of our service and everybody who ever served in the United States military uh, is a national hero to me and, and should be viewed as, as heroes to this country. We live. Amen. Uh, the, the, the saying remains true uh, that all gave some and some gave all. And if you don't understand what that means, you need to get around some people who who have done more than than just sit at the house and collect a check and and actually have given service to this country. But we live in a time of anti-patriotism. And it's unheard of in the history of this country. We've never had a time like this where people could just openly be anti-patriotic, where people could just openly bad-mouth America and I just want to let you know, we don't play that at Abundant Life. We, 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 don't, we don't mess around with anarchists and, and God haters and American haters at Abundant Life. We don't mess around with, with flag burners and, uh, you know, have all the freedom you want to. But I promise you this, this, this is a place uh, that gives God thanks for the freedom that this country was built on, and the men and women who fought to protect that freedom will always be honored uh, in, 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 uh, on the grounds of this church and in the life of the leadership of this church. And even saying that, people get all tense and people get all tight. When did you get okay with yourself hating America? And I'll tell you what I tell you. I've told you before. And listen, I understand America's got problems. America was birthed in problems. I understand America's not a perfect country. There is no perfect country. But whatever your pet peeve is, let's just get on everybody so you can all be mad before we even get to the Bible. Let's get on everybody first. If, if, If you're a woman and you're like, well, I just don't believe women have equal opportunity in America. And women should just be more valued highly in America. Go to Pakistan and run that off. You wanna try that? and go go to any Islamic country and and, and run that off. Alright, I told y'all Wednesday night, listen, women, they're, they're more of y'all than there are us. Okay? So you're already the majority. Feel good about yourself. Uh, you outvote us. You graduate at a higher level than us, and there's more of y'all getting into medical school and and, and graduating uh, with doctorates of jurisprudence than there are men. So celebrate that and quit hating America. Let's just that ain't that that didn't hit enough y'all. So let me wind up uh, again. <laughs> whatever your little group is, whatever you look, gay people. I got no problem with gay people. I don't believe being gay is any more of a sin than overeating. Three ki- three skinny people said, "Amen." Listen, <laughs> they're mad at all, all us fat folk too. How are they gonna preach to me with their belly hanging out? Gluttony <laughs> is a sin. Listen, but well, I just believe that gay people aren't fairly treated. In a- There's no country in the world that treats gay people better than America. You you don't believe me? Go to Iran. They they hang them publicly. Uh, Well, I just think America, yes, America could do better, but let me tell you what never made anything better. A bunch of whiners and complainers talking about how horrible something is when they haven't done anything to fix the problem. Well, now that everybody's mad at me. We're going to do what we always do, because even in the midst of uh, anti-patriotism, um, I, I still thank God for America, even in the midst of problems in our country. I, I still thank God in America. I love America. I'm glad that I was able to serve in the United States Army. And we're going to do what we do every, every year this time. And I know some of you don't want to, and I know some of you don't. You, did, you didn't go into service to be thanked. You, you didn't go into military so, so people could, could recognize you. Uh, different people do it for different reasons I, I watched the list of reasons why <laughs> some of them are good and some of them aren't so good but the Bible says that you ought to give honor to those whom honor is due and I don't want you to deprive us of following God's word today so at this time I would like all the men and women who are serving or have served in the United States military to stand with me so we can recognize you as, as one of those American heroes. Somebody, let, let's get all veterans and active duty personnel standing on every side, amen, from front to back. And I want y'all to keep standing with me because here's the reality. We all know people who, who have served in theater or are still serving in theater. We know people who are still in harm's way around this country. And, and the big heart's cry for me, and if you've been around, you've heard it for a while, I want these men and women to come back home. And their families want them to come back home. And they want to come back home. So while these men and women stand with me, I want us all to pray together for our men and women serving around the world. God, I thank you for each person in this room, veterans, non-veterans, military, non-military. God, we thank you for the freedom uh, that we have in this country to worship you. God, we pray now for our military serving around the world. God, in harm's way, Lord, I pray that you would protect them, keep them safe and bring them home. Father, I pray that you would let us love you. You've told us in your word to fear you, to love you, to honor the king, God, I pray that you would let us be thankful for the right things. In Jesus' name, amen. I thank each one of you. You can be seated. God bless you. We're going to get into this word right now. I want you to look back in Psalm 37. 1. I'm going to read the opening verse again. We're only looking at four verses this morning. God's word tells us, fret not yourself because of evildoers be not envious of wrongdoers we're going to talk about these two words that i gave you in the title of the message fret or delight there's a contrast between these two words and we want to look at these two words and draw some understanding from them the bible says with all you're getting get understanding i want you to understand some things today that will help us move forward in our walk with christ where it says fret not yourself because of evildoers. This, this word fret in this context basically means to be angry with, and the contrasting word delight basically means to be happy with. So we're going to look at things that, that, that are cause people to be angry, and we're going to look at some things that cause people to be happy. But I'm going to get to the punchline right out of the bat this, uh, this morning and let you see. It says fret not yourself. Say yourself there's a personal responsibility required in the life of every person who claims to follow God to do some stuff for yourself it is so common in this lazy backwards victim mentality uh, just crazy world that we live in for people to point the finger of blame at everyone it's not new it's 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 an old trick But it's a tired trick. Remember, when when Eve sinned, she blamed the devil. Adam sinned, he blamed Eve. It's always been this point. When when, when it didn't work for blaming Eve, Adam eventually, remember what he did? He turned it on God. What did he say? This woman that you gave me. And and so it's, it's not a new trick, but it's old. People don't want to take personal responsibility. People want to blame somebody else. But I want you to know the life of a disciple of Jesus Christ is a life of personal responsibility. It's a life of not being a victim, but worshiping the one who is victorious. So we've got this contrast between fretting and delighting and and i want us to understand that it's the actions of others or it's what others have that can provoke certain emotions in us and sometimes they should and sometimes they shouldn't you 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 acting like i'm speaking greek to you right now i promise you if if we had this thing and we probably do but if i i turned on a local news channel or pulled up some youtube clips from local news channels i could provoke your emotions today uh, some of y'all would, would be provoked un, un, unto uh, righteous indignation. That's just code for ticked off. Uh, so, some of y'all would be happy if I showed you some, some news clips from CNN. Some of you would be happy if I showed you some news clips from Fox News when they're all designed to provoke emotion. And here's what news people know. Anger sells better than joy anger creates a uh, fast movement and and a lot of times people will just brush past joy but it's the action say action and the stuff say stuff it's the actions that other people do that can provoke emotion in you and sometimes it's the stuff that other people have that can provoke emotion in you look at what the scripture says fret not yourself Because of evildoers. Now, this just messes up Flip Wilson's whole theology right here. Y'all, if you're you're younger than me, you don't remember. But Flip said what? The devil made me do it. No. See, Flip can say, well, I'm mad. I'm doing something because somebody else is involved. God says, don't let yourself get upset because of what evildoers do. Now, I told you a basic definition for fret, but if you actually look up the Hebrew word, the Old Testament was primarily written in Hebrew. If you look up the Hebrew word used for the word fret in this verse, you'll find out that it literally means to cause, to be hot, to burn, or to glow. Now, in this context, and, and, and we could get that in 2019, right? Especially if you live on a certain side of the railroad tracks, uh, then, then we understand. Uh, I'm about to get hot off up in here. Well, they made me mad. Nope, 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 nope. I, I, I saw myself uh, getting righteously indignant. I told y'all that's code for, for, for ticked off. When I saw that 29 year old grown man power slam that 55 year old woman at the Popeyes the other day, y'all didn't see that? My man picked her up to here. Slammed her on the ground so hard. Broke, medical reports, broke eight ribs. I don't know how many ribs you have. But I'm guessing that's all of them. Huh? You ain't tried the Popeye's chicken sandwich? I have not. It's back, though. Yeah, I, nobody had to tell. I didn't know it was back. I didn't read that it was back. I didn't, but I drive past Popeye's on Argyle. And once I see the line wrapped around the building three times, I, chicken sandwiches back. Now somebody went in there and showed them receipt that they got overcharged. Then it came to a cussing match. And then somebody said, she said the N-word, which the tape doesn't replay. But that in somebody's mind decided, well, if you're going to say that word, I can pick you up and slam you down and break all your ribs. Uh, I'd like, I'd like to see them try that with 50 cents. <laughs> different story for a different time. <laughs> but the mindset was, they did something to me, so now I got to respond. For whatever reason, listen, this is why I go to Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A got the line wrapped around the building every day. And they come outside with their little tablets. Hello, sir. Thank you for shopping. Coming to Chick-fil-A today. It would be my pleasure to take your order. You go inside Chick-fil-A and you tell them they charged you wrong? Uh, They love to roll out red carpet and fan you. Give you a lemonade and sit you down while they reimburse you. Hey. They wasn't giving that woman her money back at Popeye's. They were giving her a taste of that concrete. But not just there, could be anywhere. And listen, wild stuff happens at Chick-fil-A too. If you don't believe me, stick around Jacksonville long enough, you can find it. But literally, somebody allowed themselves to get hot because of the wrong in their mind or a perceived wrong of Someone else, you say, well, that's egregious. That's despicable. Oh, that's just horrifying that a grown man, a 29-year-old grown man, would just pick a woman up seven feet in the air and smash her into the ground and crack all her. Yeah, it is. But what about what you do? What about what I do? What about when we allow other people to get us fired up? And upset. What, what about when we yield control? Now, see, the Bible says the only thing that sh- should control a child of God is the Spirit of God. When we allow the actions of other people to cause fretting, heat, upset, anger in our life, we're violating God's command. We're allowing someone else to take control of us. And the Bible says don't get hot based on what other people do. See, this, this, is, this is a boo game of the devil. The devil's just trying to wind you up. The, and and it, this is why I look at all politicians, and this is why I look at all news channels as professional wrestlers. They, 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 they all claim that we want this and they want that. We'd get this done. If they didn't get that done, uh, we, 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 we'd be for this. And here's the thing. Well, we're the party for education. Well, where's the party that comes out and says, now we ain't down with no education, y'all. We're just trying to be ignorant. Well, we're the party for freedom. Uh, Where's the party for slavery? I mean, it's like they got, there's no contrast. They all claim the same stuff. But here's the reality. It's like when my heart got broke as a kid at the Jacksonville Coliseum, because every Thursday night we'd go down there and watch the wrestlers, and then we'd run around after it was over and sit up on the wall, the the, the big brick wall where the wrestlers parked, and one night, man, Black Jack Mulligan and Dusty Rhodes had gone in. They, they were the main event. They wrestled for almost an hour and had a big feud going on. We run around to the back, get, it, get sit on top of the wall, and we saw Dusty Rhodes and Black Jack Mulligan get in the same white Chevy pickup truck and drive off laughing again. We followed them. We followed them to ABC Liquors on Florida Avenue. They bought, listen, they bought one bottle of liquor. Now they're supposed to hate each other. How are they going to drink out the same bottle of liquor? And I realized, they don't hate each other. It's a scam. And as I've gotten older in life, 56 years of being on this planet has caused me to watch these politicians that act like they're opposed to each other, uh, but they all live in the same gated communities. And they all send their children to the same schools. And they all drink overpriced liquor and smoke overpriced cigars. So if you're going to say, well, I'm just mad at this group for doing it. I'm mad. at Listen, getting offended at something that has nothing to do with you is a strategy of the devil to keep you locked down as a victim. Well, I just can't, I can't support America because blah, 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 blah. Uh, well, then how do you support yourself? I, 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 can't, I can't be a fan of religion because so much has gone wrong in the name of religion. Uh, well, why, why even brush your teeth? I mean, so much has gone wrong in the name of you. Y'all, y'all not following me. It's, it's, a, it's a strategy of the devil to try to cause you to be upset angry, hot, because of what evil people. Well, they're doing evil, Pastor. Yes, they are doing evil. You ought to thank God it didn't befall on you today. They, yeah, they are doing stuff. It doesn't stop there, though. I always tell you when you read the Bible, pay attention to the punctuation. It will help you to understand what God is saying. Take the Scripture in bite-sized pieces and try to understand it. Uh, there's, that's not a period. That's a semicolon. But the next part of this sentence says, be not envious. Of wrongdoers. Now, why would God have to tell his children not to fret because of evildoers and not to be envious of wrongdoers? Why would God have to tell us that? Because he knows we do. He knows we do, and he's trying to help us, and we need to heed his help and listen to his command. Not only should we not allow ourselves to become heated because of what evildoers do, but we should not be envious of what people who do wrong do. God knows that we're prone to fret and we are prone to envy. Now, that, that word envious, it means jealousy, resentful, to the point where it causes animosity. Or an easier way to say that is grudge holding. Who do you hold a grudge against and why? Mm-hmm. Well, we could get into this long. We could go way past an hour and 12 with this right here. Who who has done something wrong that has caused you to hold a grudge against? I finally had to call out a local pastor friend of mine. Um, I've known this guy for so long. He he finally, we've supported his ministry. I I just couldn't take any more his posts. He went on a thing where almost every day he put up some anti-police thing on his social media and he finally put up a split-screen meme where he had police standing there in uniform and a bunch of gang bangers uh, all, all, all thugged out flashing gang signs and underneath it said I don't know which one of these I'm scared of the most and I'm thinking okay well now you've crossed over from just being annoying to being a straight up liar because let let one of them be knocking on your door Uh, after dark let one of them be following you through a parking garage at an airport and, and you'll know real quick which one of those you are scared of the most but here's the reality we get mad we we get upset we we get to the place where we hold grudges against massive amounts of people because somebody did something wrong see when it gets quiet deacon west that that's when you know everybody's getting smacked around with the bible when 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 it gets real quiet you know people are thinking that's me what what group of people are you holding a grudge about because somebody did something wrong well we don't have time to get into it i mean i do but you don't uh y'all y'all got important lives and places to go i could be here forever but If you don't begin to let God deal with the things in your life that he purposes to deal with, you're going to stay miserable. You're going to stay ungodly and hell may end up your portion. God said don't fret yourself because of evildoers and don't be envious of wrongdoers. Jealous, resentful because of what they have, holding a grudge because of what they've done. Let me ask you this. Why do you care what they have? Well, I just don't believe some people ought to be rich and some people ought to be poor. I just think, I, I just think that, 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 that that Facebook kid's got too much money. Well, he does have a lot of money. But everybody, everybody's rich to somebody and everybody's poor to somebody. If he's in the same room with that Bezos dude from Amazon, he's just broke. Ted Dude from Amazon could pull pocket change out and buy Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Well, nobody wants to buy Twitter, they've been for sale since 2016. Um, But people really get upset. Well, I just don't believe so and so should have all that. You know, there's somebody in India thinking you shouldn't have everything you have? Thinking that you're. Listen, stop being jealous. What difference does it make if if somebody else has a mansion and you're living in an efficiency apartment? Listen, be efficient in your apartment. And I'm going to keep telling y'all until the Lord takes me out of here. If you live in, in in a single wide trailer, don't be jealous of somebody living in a double wide trailer. Take good care of your single wide trailer. Let God raise you up. If if you're living in a starter home, don't be jealous of somebody who's living in an executive home. If you won't keep your starter home clean, why in the world would God want to bless you with an executive home to begin with? Well, I just don't think it's right that some people have so much while others have. So all that whining and all that complaining won't put any money in your bank account. That's why I'm not spending $29 to send my spit into the Internet. Couple reasons why. Number one, I value my spit higher than twenty nine dollars, and I don't care if if it's a fake report or if it's a real report. If they tell me Scott Becker, we've done your ancestry twenty three and me. Well, if it's twenty three and me, why don't you charge twenty three dollars? Different story for a different crowd, but. I don't care if the report's accurate or false. If they come back and say, we've determined that all of your ancestors were poor white trash that were thieves and disgusting, scandalous human beings, okay. <laughs> Bad on them. Glad I don't live there. Or if the report comes back, Mr. Becker, we found out that all your people throughout all time were always kings and queens and high royalty and inventors of all things and scholastic ch- Okay. Does that help me do physics? Does that give me a great understanding of trigonometry? It don't put me in the trailer park either. No matter where they were, what they came from, or what they did, it don't add two cents to my bank account. But we allow all these wrong things to create all these wrong emotions in us and get wired up and get heated up and get upset, and God tells us not to look at somebody and say, don't do it. Verse 37 gives us, or or verse 2 gives us the why in chapter 37. For. Now, if you've been around Bible study long enough, you've heard me say that many times in Scripture, you can take that word for and replace it with one word that could possibly give you greater understanding. That word is what? Because. When you read the word for in literature, sometimes if you just try to put the word because there, see if it makes the the reading uh, more clear to you. Uh, It's just a stylistic language switch because they will soon fade away like grass and wither like the green herb. Now put verse 1 back on the screen for me, Deacon. I want you to tell me there's two classes of people on here, Uh, both of them in with the word doers. What two types of people's future are we looking at in verse 2? What two types? evil doers and wrongdoers their future is laid out for us in verse 2 now let's look at verse 2 and he's told us not to fret them uh not to be envious of them because they soon will fade like the grass and wither like the green herb you're getting all upset about these people listen their future is predictable and it's not something that's desirable The future of these people is not to be envied because you you, you might think that you want what they have, but you don't want what they have coming. You you might think that they've got a leg up on you and that makes you hot, but their future is not good. Perishing is where they are and destruction is where they're going. Go go back to verse 3. I don't have time to explain to you how cool Psalm 37 is, but I will tell you this. It's an acrostic poem where every other uh, verse uh, uh, starts with a letter from the Hebrew alphabet, and it goes in order uh, from the beginning to the end. There's a lot of stylistic genius put into this psalm. Study it at your leisure. But we move out of uh, their demise back into verse 3, into God's command, Where he says, trust in the Lord and do good, then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Two commands in this verse separated by a period. That's why you want to pay attention to the punctuation. Let's take it bite bite by bite. Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. One sentence, two commands. Let me get a Bible genius to tell everybody, what's the first command in verse 3? What's the second command? So we have to trust in the Lord and do good. Now here's the here's the contrast because if you if you watch the context of this poem of this psalm, this chapter you're going to find out that it is a contrast. So many times God contrasts his way with the world's way. Do you realize when, when the world is, is bobbing, we should be weaving. When they zig, we should zag. When they go this way, we should go the other way. So much of Christianity is designed to move in the opposite spirit. And, and this is showing that type of contrast. Whereas the enemy wants you to get angry and to be jealous and to feel offended and live in victim status, God shows the contrast of what he uh, commands us to do, which is to trust in him and do good. Then, when is then in the Bible, church? Then is always after. After you do what God says for you to do, then... You will live safely in the land and prosper. Now, if this was your choice, if, if God sat down in the room today and gave you this choice, you can whine, moan, and complain, live in victim mentality, um, and have nothing and be broken miserable. That's choice A. Woo! Sounds fired up, right? Or you can trust God and do good, and you can live safely in the land and prosper. That, that's choice B. How many of y'all know choice B is the right way to go? Okay, so, but what we do, why do we choose A so much? Because our default switch is misery. Our default switch is victimhood. Our default switch is blame casting. Our default switch is somebody else did something and that's why I can't do this. Why don't you just rise up in the power of God and prove all them wrong and let them know with God anything is possible. The Bible says that to get to this place, and this is the place where we all want to be, whether you admit it or not, we want to live safely in the land. The context there is without conflict. All right? Now think about the Hebrew people. Think about the nature of the life they lived. Nomadic people moving from one place to the next. Always in conflict. "Hmm, Looks like a good piece of land right there. Let's go take it. It always cracks me up when, when somebody says, well... This land was stolen from the American Indian. Yes, it was. And every other piece of land on the planet was stolen from somebody else. How do you think all these... 200-plus countries got their names because every land. This this is just what happened in every country, uh, every continent from the beginning. This village took over that village. And guess what? That village became slaves, and, and women became property, and then they just moved. And this is the history of the world, not just America. Sad, but it's true. It's hard, but it's fair. It's just how it is. But these nomadic people would go and say, it's a good-looking piece of land over there. We ought to go take it. And they would go take it, but they took it by force, and they took it by conflict. And here's what happens. You run off the people there, and you're like, we're taking this. And 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 you don't have to go back to Old Testament times for this. You you can look back a few decades ago when when Russia rolled into Czechoslovakia. And they just rolled up in there and said, we're taking this, and and, and it's ours now. And what happens, though, is the ones that escape, they're going to come back. And they're going to create conflict. So there was always this issue of even when they conquered a land, even when they took a land in God's name for God's glory, even when that happened, there was still battle or the threat of battle. So when God says you will live safely in the land, he's talking about a conflict-free life. What if you could have, think about this. Now, this would be a miracle for some of y'all. Think about if you could just have three days with no conflict. I'm talking about three days where nobody cut you off in, in traffic. I'm talking about three days where nobody rolled their eyes at you or made you want to slap them. <laughs> oh, that's just me. Let me preach on this side because all y'all don't. Three days with just total peace, just, just heaven on earth. Ooh, it's like heaven on earth. You, where You're not just singing that song, but you're really living that song. If you could just have some. Listen, the Bible says. That if you'll do what God says, you can have what he promises. And here he promises a conflict-free, war-free, battle-free life and prosperity. Everybody, see, no matter how humble you are, no matter how false humble you are, there, there are people in the room, if I said, how many of y'all want to be prosperous? There'd be people that wouldn't, wouldn't agree to that. I'm just too humble to be prosperous. I'd like to live in my humility. Like to be poor forever? I enjoy hiding my car in the garage from the repo man. No, God wants to bless you so you can brag on Him. God wants to prosper His children so we can give Him the credit for our prosperity so others will know that ours is the true and the living God. Can five people say amen? To get to this place of not warring in, in your life of, of not having this constant emotional because we're looking at this emotional damage, this emotional barrage, this heated up anger thing going on. To get to that place of, of, of safety, emotional stability, uh, and, and prosperity, you got to do these two things. Trust in the Lord and do good. Now, uh, so I, don't, I, don't, I don't have time to preach this whole passage to you, but I just want, I want to break it down real quick in two parts. Trust in the Lord. If I asked everyone in the room, do you trust in the Lord? Most people in the room would say yes. But our actions don't always show it. One person agreed. Most people would say out of their mouth, oh, Pastor Scott, I trust in the Lord. He's my rock and my hiding place. He's my shelter in a time of storm. He's a bad lad. He's a good God. Ain't he a good God? Uh, and, and just, just rhetoric and, 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 and Christianese would start flowing out of your church mouths, and, and, and all that language would cause everybody else, oh, there she go again. And, but do you really trust in the Lord? Make it two degrees colder in here. Do you really trust? See, if we really trust in the Lord, we wouldn't be messing up. All over the earlier verses in this chapter. If we trust in the Lord, we wouldn't be jealous of what evildoers have. We wouldn't be mad at, at, at who's got a bigger house. We wouldn't be mad at who's sitting on a hill. We wouldn't be upset. Because tr- what did the Lord tell us? The Lord tells us that one day every crooked road is going to be straight, every every wrong is going to be righted, and every wicked way is going to be punished in judgment. You wouldn't want nothing that that evil person has when you saw what was attached to it. If you trust in the Lord and in what he says, you're going to realize, "Mm, no, sir, I wouldn't trade places with them for all the money in China. Because I lay my head down at night, and I have the sweet sleep of God's son. I lay my head down at night knowing I am right with the creator of all that there is. And they're going to keep scheming and conning for the rest of their life. If we really trust in the Lord, we got to believe, listen, he knows best. He knows best. Well, I just don't think it's right. And, and listen, it, it's as old as a day, uh, as, as the day is long. Even David, who God used to write this, said stuff like, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? What he meant by that King James wording was, Why do these evil people get away with so much? They're partying. We're over here suffering. How is that right? Let me break it down to 2019. Some of y'all think, Why does my brother have life so easy and he's just disgusting And hates God and doesn't even love his mother. Why why does he get it so easy? And I got to struggle and fight and claw. Listen, you are not trusting in God when you're worrying about what other people have and and, and what you don't have. You are violating what God told you to do. You got to trust in the Lord and realize, you know what? God knows best. You have what you're supposed to have. You were born where you were supposed to be born. You're covered in the skin you were supposed to be covered in. You're living the life you're supposed to be living. God has a purpose. If we're going to say, well, well, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Oh, pastor, I trust God and I know he's got everything in his hands. Well, why are you freaking out? I had to tell people this for eight years and I lost friends over this, uh, which, you know, whatever. Can't take my birthday or my salvation from me, so I, I'm, I'm going to be okay. For eight years, I gave people who were upset, and there were people who were upset. And, and, it, and it's so funny. Uh, l- listen, 13% of the people did not elect Barack Obama. Mathematically, that's impossible. That's not possible. Um, the largest voting bloc uh, that elected Barack Obama were uh, white people who make over $200,000 a year. Okay, now do your history. That that that's just a little assignment for you. But I had so many of my white pastor friends that hated my reasoning uh, when 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 uh, President Obama was president, and I would tell them all the time. If they said anything negative at all, I would always tell them this: You want to know why President why Barack Obama is president of the United States? Somebody knows me. Tell t- tell them why. Because God wanted Barack Obama to be the president of the United States. And they had grit their teeth. And they couldn't argue with it. They're like, well, he does work all things together for good. Even when I don't understand it. Even when it don't make sense. Even went well, so, uh, a junior senator with no track record. And just, you know, but but does, is that what God wanted to happen? Well, now, man, I, I, I don't even really put this on people too much. Because you know they they want to shoot and and stab. Eight years of me telling people that I've only had three years to tell people this one. Why is Donald J. Trump the president of the United States? Now, to five of y'all, thirteen of y'all, in y'all's heart, but whatever. But I don't. You've revealed your evil. You've revealed your victimhood. You've revealed that you don't really trust in the Lord by saying that. Now, if if, if it's going to be up on one side and down on the other, then it's got to be down on that side and up on the other. All right? Do we believe God knows what he's doing? Do we believe that God knows best? Do we believe that he works all things according to the counsel of his own will? Do we believe that he has a purpose for what he does? Well, we got to trust in. It. Trust leaves out all that complaining. See, we understand that. Let me tell you when parents understand that the most. When kids start whining on trips. Get these children in the back seat of a car that they don't pay for. They don't pay the, the, the note on the car. They don't pay the insurance on the car. They don't put tires on the car. They don't put brakes on the car. They didn't buy transmission fluid for the car. They didn't put any oil in the car. They don't buy gas on the car. They don't pay for the sunglasses you got to wear to drive straight into the sun while they sit there and say, when are we going to get there? Are we ever going to get there? This trip is so long. Well, how about I just throw you out doing seventy. And just watch you bounce on the road. Then your trip will be short. Complaining a a trip they say they want to go on. We're taking them somewhere they say they want to be. To give them something they say they want to have. Are we almost there yet? Shut up. Now. See, we understand all that whining does not ingratiate them to us. It does not make them sound like they're thankful that we're taking them on this trip and all that. I'm not sure this is the way we went last. You are seven years old. You don't even know the way we went last time. (laughs) Sit back. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to get to Disney World today without my foot off up in your... When we complain, when we get upset, when we get angry about what's going on, what evil people have, what evil people are doing, when we get jealous of what others have and what we don't have, we're violating Scripture, and we're not trusting in God. We're not, we're not admitting, He knows what's best, and I'm just going to ride it out. He knows what's best, and listen, If you have a bumper sticker on your car that says, God is my co-pilot, take that off. Get better theology. Let God be your pilot. You don't even need to be the front seat uh, 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 driver. You, You don't need to be the back seat driver. You need to sit in that back seat and rest. One of the hardest commands in the Bible. Sounds like one of the easiest, but it's hard to live out. Over and over and over and over again, God said, rest in me. Be still. (laughs) It takes no effort to be still at all. You think that right? Until we had a contest, let's see who can be still the longest. And and half the people be like, I move now because I ain't in this. (laughs) Trusting in God means that you gotta believe that he knows what he's doing, even when it doesn't make any sense to you. Trusting in God means that you gotta let him have his way even if it doesn't benefit you personally? What if his way comes at great expense to you? Well, I just don't believe a God of love would put me through all that pain. Uh, Really? Well, the God of love took Jesus and had him crucified. Well, I just, I had somebody tell me, well, I just don't believe I'm supposed to be a doormat for people to step on. And I just asked them, are you a Christian? Did they step on Jesus? You'll be like Christ. Now, I'm not saying that we should put up with abuse, but I'm saying that we should be willing to go through whatever we have to go through to accomplish God's purpose. Well, I just don't believe God would put anything hard uh, on, on, on his children. Uh, well, let's move past Jesus because you've already thought in your mind, well, he's the Savior. That doesn't count. Uh, well, let's look at his followers. Let's look at his disciples. Well, let's just start with Peter. They crucified him upside down. He died choking to death on his own fluids. You think that was comfortable for him? No, but was it God's plan for him? It absolutely was, so much so that Jesus told him. See, when Peter was all jealous of John, because John was the disciple Jesus loved, John was Jesus' ace, John was always right next to Jesus, closest man in the world to Jesus. When Peter was upset about that, and, 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 and he's like, well, what you going to do with this one? Because that's your favorite over there. What, and, and what did Jesus say? Don't worry about what I'm going to do with that one. Let me tell you what I'm going to do with you. One day, people are going to carry you to a place you don't want to go and put you through a fate you don't want to endure. But it's my plan for you. And he told them, they're going to kill you in similar fashion to the way they kill me. So we got to trust in the Lord, whether it's to our benefit or to our hurt. Would you be willing to go through some today hurt for for some eternal heaven? I thank God everybody didn't say yes, because then there'd just been too many liars in the room. Because everybody don't believe that. But we ought to. We ought to be willing to go through whatever we have to go through in this life to get to heaven. We get too focused on the temporary. He's got this. She's got that. They did this wrong. He called me that. They said this. When the big picture is heaven, and are you going there? And what are you willing to endure to get there? So the Bible tells us to trust in the Lord and to do good. I I haven't met them yet. I've met a lot of crazy parents in my life. I haven't met the parent that on the heel of their child complaining and whining and moaning about everybody says, I'm so proud of little Johnny. He complains with such good diction. He enunciates so well when he's moaning and griping. No, that's not doing good. It's not doing good, church, to be part of this whining culture, to be part of this anti-everything culture. Culture. That's not doing good. It, we cannot be prosperous that way. We cannot live conflict-free lives that way. Last verse, verse 4, says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the the desires of your heart. Now, we said that word fret means to be upset, to, to cause to be hot, to glow, to be angry. We said that word delight uh, loosely means to be happy with the lord so when it says delight yourself in the lord comma pause on that punctuation delight yourself in the lord let's think about that phrase delight yourself see we want god to make us happy but the bible says to delight yourself we we want god to fix everything in our life but the bible says to make yourself happy in the lord now if you're going to fall to victimhood mentality then blame everybody else, and you're going to take no personal responsibility for making yourself happy. You're just going to live miserable, but God's Word says, "Delight your, Make yourself happy in God. Now, if you really know who God is, and if you know anything about God, uh, it's not hard to be happy about God. If you understand that He loves you in spite of you, you can be happy about that if you understand that he said I will never leave you nor forsake you I'm with you always greater that's in you than he's in earth if you understand that he said I'm married to the backslider if you understand that he said even if your heart condemn you he is greater than your heart and he wanted not deny himself if you understand that soon and very soon you're going to see the king and you've got a home in glory land it outshines the sun if you understand when the role is called up yonder you'll be there then it shouldn't matter what the evil doers are doing and it shouldn't matter what everybody else has got going on you ought to be able to be happy in the Lord see we get happy in our current situation Pastor Scott I just like to give thanks all the bills are paid I got a raise on the job I told y'all about the wildest thing I ever saw it blessed my heart so much we had a man raise his hand one time we we were having uh, testimony night and he raised his hand he said I just like to give God thanks Uh, I got fired today I said, and? He said, that's it. I'm just thankful. <laughs> and I thought, now see, we've entered into real Christianity at this point. This one brother out here saved. Uh, we, we, we got true Christianity at this point because the Bible says to give thanks in everything. So the, the, the Scripture tells us to make yourself happy in the Lord. This means on good days, bad days, happy days, and sad days, you ought to be thankful and rejoicing in Christ. It's it's easy for us to rejoice in good things, but can you rejoice in the good one? It's easy for us to be glad when everything's going our way, but do you realize that even if it's not going your way, that God still has a plan? You ought to be able to rejoice in that. Now, I'm going to give you one piece of background, and I'm going to get out of here. I told you delight loosely means to be happy with, but if you study this Hebrew word for delight used in verse 4, you'll find out that the word is used in a feminine sense, and it doesn't just mean to be happy, but to be happy in a delicate, sweet, soft, loving way. To be happy in a delicate, sweet, soft, loving way. How hard are you? I ain't no softy. Yeah, all that woofing just told on yourself, didn't it, Jimmy? God wants to soften you up. If you're going to walk around hard as nails, if you're going to walk around mean and mad, if you're going to walk around victim mentality, if you're going to walk around jealous, envious, if you're going to walk around bitter and negative, if you're going to walk around upset, you're just going to make yourself harder and harder. And harder and harder, and you're going to read offense into everything. What? I think he looked at me. Did you see that? He did what? He looked at you. OK? I saw <laughs> on a sports cast a brawl. That almost took place on of all places a female tennis match. Two little girls, I mean, twenty some years old, little, little uh, young petite girls playing tennis. One girl wins, the other girl loses. Anybody know what they do after a tennis match? Shake hands. So they walk up to the mat, they shake hands, they walk off. This girl goes away. This other girl, oh no, you didn't. You you oh you uh, squeeze my hand again. Squeeze my hand again. The dad jumped up over the railing, ran out there, grabbed the dude. You got to forfeit her. You saw her squeeze her hand. You see what we go through? Um, she shook her hand. How do you quantify how hard somebody squeezed your hand at a net in a passing handshake? So wh- why do I bring that up? To let you know that if you're looking for offense you're gonna find it that girl was mad she lost that girl was upset already that dad that came over that rail had a lifetime of upset in him uh because even after he lost his footing and landed face first which was funny unto itself he still got up and put his hands on people and caused a scene because what And kept kept screaming. And it was, I had to look up. Is is it a law that says you you, you can't close your hand on the opponent's hand in tennis? And he's screaming at the judge You saw it. You saw it. She squeezed my daughter's hand. Forfeit her now. I'm thinking, how do you know? But the reality is this if you are so wounded that you see offense in everything, you're going to see offense in anything. You're going to see a problem anywhere you go. And if you let that hardness continue to build up on you, you're going to be jumping over a rail one day, putting your hands on somebody saying, uh, she squeezed my hand when she shook it. I think she looked at me. Are you, you looking at me? What? Was he hard eyeing me? I think he hard-eyed me. He might not have even seen me. But do you realize the harder you get, the harder you see life, the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. God wants us to delight in the Lord. God wants to soften up our hard edges. God wants us to be sweet and loving to him. Well, I'm happy in the Lord. I'm just mad at blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm happy in Jesus. I just can't stand, da, da, da. That hardness is not delight. This word delight is is, is a feminine word. And and it it means that you've got to be delicate and sweet and soft and loving in your approach to God. You can't be intimate with God with all that anger. You can't be intimate intimate with God with with all of that uh, offense in you. The Bible says that if you do these things, these things that have been talked about in these four verses... That he, being God, will give you the desires of your heart. Well, Being hard, I told you, disqualifies you from this verse. And, but if you realize how good God is, not only will you soften up on others, but you'll soften up on yourself. If you realize how much God has forgiven you of, not only will, 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 will you begin to love yourself more, but you'll realize if God can forgive me, For what I put his son through, I can forgive anybody for what they've done to me. This this hanging on to grudges, it's not not delicate. It's not delighting in the Lord. It disqualifies you from the promise of this verse. The promise is that he'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, I've preached on this verse a lot in life. It doesn't mean because you've been lusting after a red Ferrari for the last three years that he's going to give you a red Ferrari. Well, I really want one. That's the desire of my heart. Yeah, well, he wants to give you the desire, not give you what you lust for. Okay, let, 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 let's see how, how it works. He, he, he takes a desire. See, God wants to give you the desires of your heart. He, not what you want, but what he wants you to want. Not what you want to have, but what he wants you to have. Now, think about how cool this will be, and I'm done. If instead of wanting all the wrong stuff, What if you woke up tomorrow and all you wanted in life was the things that God wanted you to want? Be less conflict. What if you really wanted what God desired for you to want? Well, there's a way to get it. God's not saying he's going to give you that thing that you've been longing for. He's going to give you the longing for that thing he wants you to long for. God has desires. This is what Jesus meant when he said, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, let it be done in my life the way you say it should be done in heaven. Let it be done right here in in, in this life the way you say it should be done in heaven. You ought to allow God to take the desires he has for you and put them in your heart because that's going to soften you up. You're going to have less conflict. You're going to dwell safely in the land. You're going to find prosperity without anger, without envy, without jealousy. When he gives you the desires of your heart, you're going to want the right things. It's going to take your Christianity to a different level because here's the life of most Christians. Warring between what they really want and what their mind tells them they should want. We can't be that honest? Warring between what they really, really want to do and what they heard the Bible say, what God tells them they should want to do. But I want you to know there's a way for all of us to want what God wants us to want. And that way is for him to put those desires in our heart. Two things, two things Jesus said were important. When he was asked, what's the most important commandment? He said, I will give you two. First one was the what? Love God. Second one was what? Love your neighbor. Love God, love people. It'd be easy to love God if you let God give you a desire to love Him. And it'd be a whole lot easier to love everybody if you give, it'd let God give you a desire to love everybody. But before we can get to that place, the five things we've seen in these verses, we've got to do. Put them on the screen for me. Don't fret. Stop getting hot. Stop getting upset about what evil people Have done, are doing, or are going to do. Number two, don't be envious. What they have is passing, and it's not desirable in the long run because it ends bad for them. Number three, trust in the Lord. you got to trust in in God. If you trust and know that God knows what he's doing, everything else is going to work out. Number four, do good. Do good. With all that you have, do good. In every way you can, do good. In every opportunity, do good. Wherever you find yourself, no matter how difficult the situation is, do good. Number five, delight yourself in the Lord. When you can't be happy for what's going on in your present situation, be happy in who God is. When you can't find the strength to smile over the agony that you find yourself in, look toward heaven and smile at Jesus. Delight yourself in the Lord. He's a good God. His mercy endures forever. He already did enough. I tell you this every week. He's already done enough for us on Calvary. He sent his son to die for us so we could have eternal life when he didn't have to. He paid for our sins before we asked him to. He said that some people would die for a good person. But God sowed his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Be happy about God to the point that you become soft-hearted. A true lover of the Lord. Do you love the Lord? I wonder today, do you? Do you really love the Lord? Stop fretting. Stop being envious start trusting God love him to the point where he softens your heart toward others toward yourself to the point where you can love God and love people the way he wants you to for some of you you haven't really trusted the Lord yet because that starts with the born-again experience Jesus said you must be born again not enter your mother's womb and start all over again as a baby in the natural, but, but to be born of God's Spirit and to begin a new life in the Spirit realm. That happened for me on July 15, 1981. Now, I'd walked aisles before and prayed prayers before, shook preachers' hands and been baptized before, and none of that ever changed me. Because the Scripture says that you'll only find God when you search for Him with your whole heart. On, on, on that early morning... When when I prayed and I asked God to save me for real, I meant it. I wonder, has God saved you for real? Because if he hasn't, all this self-effort to be who he wants you to be is going to fall short. If you would truly let God save you, you'd find out that the only person that can really live the Christian life is Christ in you. If you're here and you're not saved, you don't have to walk this aisle. You don't have to shake my hand. The Bible says, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The Scripture says, if you'll call on his name, he'll save you. All you need to do today, if you're not sure about your salvation, you just need to ask God to save you for real, and you need to mean it. And if you do, he'll know it. He'll put his spirit in you. And if you let him, he'll start softening you up. And he will teach you how to love him how to love people pray with me god thank you for your word thank you god for salvation healing deliverance god i thank you for this passage of scripture that teaches us so much lord i pray that you would give us wisdom knowledge and understanding help us to apply these truths god so that we can be all and do all that you called us to be and do lord i pray for every unsaved person in the room today that that they would truly be born again today For your children in the room, God, I pray that you would soften our hearts. Take fret from us. Take envy from us. Take fear and give us trust in you. Our confession is that you're right, that you're perfect, your ways are just, your word is true. Help us, Lord, to trust you in all that we have. In Jesus' name, amen.